you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Happy fall in July. I hope you are having the best, most beautiful, most summer ween vibes of your life, okay? Uh, Even if you're not big on fall or autumn and it's not your vibe, if you didn't know, first and foremost, um, I've been talking about this for a while, so maybe, but maybe this is your first podcast here. Who knows? I do something on my YouTube channel, on my Instagram. For the podcast, we have like a new cover picture. Uh, We've just like retouched it, recolored it. We do something called Fall in July. And this is basically where I just, I'm not really a big summer person. I'm really not. I'm not a big summer person. Uh, I grew up in Southern California in the desert. And then I moved to Utah for a decade and lived in the desert. And now I live in the Pacific Northwest where it's like, basically autumn vibes 24-7, I feel like, except for the summer. The summer is a little bit warmer. And it's actually kind of, if I can be so blunt, it's fucking hot in Washington today, uh, where I live. And um, no AC, no air conditioning in any of the apartments uh, or any houses, most of them anyways. If I ever do own a home, that is like the first thing I'm having installed if it doesn't come with it is air conditioning. Because I do feel like because of climate change, it's only going to get worse. But girl, it's like 82 degrees today. And I tell me why. Tell me I grew up in the desert without telling me I grew up in the desert. I literally pushed all the cold air into the house in the morning, like had fans in almost every window pushing cold air in. And now in the heat of the day, I have shut the house up, closed all of my blackout curtains, and we're just kind of hunkering down until the sun goes down at like 10 o'clock. And uh, then I'll open up all the windows and do it again. But it's supposed to reach like 90 degrees in I want to say on like Monday, which I'm recording this in June, like way before July, but it's supposed to be hot, like real hot this weekend The coming up in like the few days for me. And um, so I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not really in the most fall mood that I could be in, but we're going to bring it in. Um, I'm starting to do like fall in July prep at this point, because for you, excuse me, for you, it is fall in July. For me, we're doing all the prep work now. So I'll be like recording a vlog for fall in July. All of my pick a card readings are going to be more Halloween based themed for the entire month. Um, I have like cute little trinkets and things that I've grabbed to do this. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm very, very, very excited to see how it's all going to shake out. (laughs) I even have a couple of like, really different ideas that I really want to bring to life. So I'm I'm just having fun with it. And I was actually sitting down. So many of my podcasts happen when I do this. I don't know why I don't prioritize this. So many of my episodes happen because I sit down in front of my computer camera and I intend to just like have a little chat with myself, which is something that if you've been here a long time, you know that this is something that I do. Um, I think that's on being a Gemini moon, to be honest with you. Like, I get my own expert advice from myself, and I just need to speak. Like, I need to talk it out loud in order to move that energy out. Or write it. Writing is really good for me, too, when I can't do the speaking part. But... I was sitting down to just like film a little video for myself, just kind of like talk it out. And for once, I was actually sitting down in a really good mood. And I was like, yes, I feel so good right now. I want to sit down and just like 
remind future me what it feels like to feel good because for the last year we have been doing a lot of not feeling very good and again if you've been around the podcast for a while you know I also did like a whole mental health hour-long video on my YouTube channel uh technically now last month for you which I will link that down below for you in case you want to watch it uh if you've been a long-time podcast listener though it's like none of the information is necessarily new it's all stuff that you've probably already heard about but in any case, I was sitting down and I was just like, wow, I feel so good. Why do I feel so good? Why is this like the first time in my life in like a year that I just feel excellent? Like everything feels correct. I feel like I'm in the right place, right time, um, you know, based on being literally clinically depressed for months at a time over the last year, what what made the difference for me? And this is not the episode where I'm going to tell you that this is how to like get over your depression. You know, I don't think that I am qualified to speak on any one individual's depressive state or mental health state. I and also I think the realm of mental health is so incredibly like full of is nuance the word that I want? Hold on. Hey Siri. This bitch. Hey, Siri, define nuance. Nuance. A As subtle a noun, nuance means a subtle difference in or shade of meaning, expression, or sound. Do you want to hear the remaining one? Um, I feel like kind of. I guess you could say it's nuanced in the sense that I feel like there are so many... There are so many facets to any one individual's mental health journey. I am not qualified to speak on that for everybody. Um, and actually, it kind of pisses me off in the spiritual community when people blatantly do, like, speak on mental health without expressing that it's a very nuanced thing. I think that's something that I'm very careful about with the content that I produce because, you know, frankly, not everybody can meditate their way into feeling better. Not everybody can read a self-help book and feel better. Not everybody can decide tomorrow to create a side hustle that, um, you know, benefits the world and now they feel like they're living in their purpose and they feel better. And this is something that I see constantly in the spiritual community. I see stuff like this and I try very hard to always articulate myself very carefully in the mental health realm because I do think there is so much differentiation, so much nuance, and we frankly can't just put blanket statements on it. So all of that to say that what I want to share with you today with what I think is adding to my joy, really bringing me out of a really dark period in my life. This is in no way me telling you that this is going to like cure your mental health. This is going to whatever I share with you today. If you do these things, you're going to feel a thousand percent better. I just really felt inspired to share what I feel like has been adding literal pure joy back into my life. And yeah, I feel like I just, yeah, that's, that's basically it. What I feel like I've been like injecting my life with joy with and how I think it's made a difference and kind of looking back on my own mental health journey and how I think that where I am now, I'm like so amazed at how different and polarizing things can be. Because when you're in the thick of a really bad mental health spiral, you don't, see how you could ever be happy again. Like I always compare it to like a Harry Potter Dementor. You don't see how you can ever be happy again when you're in that state. And it's very easy to think that you'll never be happy again. And so 
Again, just taking this time to, like, notice my joy, I was going to sit down and film a video and, like, tell basically future Chloe when she watches the video. I was like, I just want you to know that not every video in here is sad. Like, I'm really happy and I want to come and talk about that. And then literally 60 seconds in, I was like, I need to just make this a podcast. I need to just go and sit down and podcast this because I think that somebody else will benefit from this information. So... Um, many of y'all know Chloe has been through it the last year. It's literally been a full year now since my own mental health crisis circled around. And I, for the first time, I think in the last year, I feel like really, 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 really good. Like not just like a little good, not just dipping my toes in. Oh, things definitely seem like they're getting better. No, I actually feel really good. I feel like my sense of self is more present and I just feel better. And that has been like a constant thing where that I have built on top of. And again, we've talked about it as it has happened. But currently there are some actual things that I have re-implemented that make me feel good. And the first thing I want to start with is that something that I I almost feel like could have been its own podcast. And that is that there is always another side to every single story. So meaning, no matter what it is that you believe in, what are like your core values, your core beliefs, what makes you up as a person, no matter what you believe, there is going to be somebody who has a totally opposing belief. And this actually used to really upset me because, girl, she's a Sagittarius rising. It is like my mission to find the truth. <laughs> and I will scour the earth until I can find it. But I think what I really had to come to realize is that in some ways, all truths are true. Because it also depends on the person, their beliefs, their experience, and why they believe something the way that they do. Because sometimes people have beliefs that seem so insane to maybe you or I, but based off of their education, their upbringing, their life experience, it makes sense that they would believe things that way, right? And um, gosh, even like, this is such a weird example, but I'm going to roll with it because it came to my mind. I don't know if any of y'all have seen that TikTok where it's like this dad or it could be a guy. Maybe it wasn't a father. I don't remember. I'm going to go with dad because he gave big dad energy. Um, his like kids or his his children were playing with like a Ouija board upstairs and or like maybe hosting some kind of like spiritual seance or something. And he flicked the breakers downstairs in the house just to kind of freak them out and to the kids if the parent never tells them about that the kids are like oh my gosh Ouija boards are so demonic it like messed with the lights this happened it was really scary you know instead of like maybe an introduction from somebody that knows how to use a Ouija board could actually like gently put somebody on the path of that now I myself don't use Ouija boards it's not my thing that was just an example like some people based on your experience experiences, you're going to believe different things and take different truths upon yourself to be true. Now, obviously, this is also a very nuanced thing, because I think there's also a place where sometimes other people's truth is actually quite oppressive and very destructive to other people's lives. You know, when we get into the realm of like politics, gay rights, women's rights, there are some areas where we cannot allow nuance to exist. There are some areas where no, you're actually taking away basic human rights and we cannot do that. But 
I, what I'm talking about right now, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm mainly talking about like, I don't know, believing in, believing in God, for example, some people, they've had really amazing experiences in their life, putting their faith in quote unquote God, where other people have prayed and felt like they've fallen on deaf ears, right? So we have a lot of this like back and forth, all truths are true, but also they're not. And this used to really frustrate me because I always wanted the truth. I always wanted to be correct. And that right there is a red flag as hell. I wanted to be correct. Um, I always wanted to be right. I wanted to find that like bottomless well of of truth and be correct so that I could be right. And basically it was all a defense mechanism because why did I want to be right? Because I felt attacked all the time. And this goes into like even just my own upbringing. When you're in a home with a narcissist, I feel like that's very common that your own beliefs and ideals feel very challenged and you're constantly backed into a corner by that person. And so for me, that was my way of kind of coming out swinging was I would just get smarter. I would just get smarter. I would learn more. I would become more intelligent. And so do you see what I mean? How like all truths are true for like some form of a reason. <laughs> um, we're getting way more psychological than I thought we were going to. This episode was supposed to be light and fun. And here we are getting deep in the first section. But my point to this is that this used to very much frustrate me. And I would be like, gosh, why can't like, why can't some things just be true? Why can't this be true and this be true? And why can't my belief in this just be true? And why, why does there have to be a challenge met on every single front? And I think the secret, my friends, is that it's all a delicate balance. Some beliefs at certain times in your lifetime are going to really benefit you. And at other times, those beliefs eventually might come to a place where they don't benefit you anymore. And it's time to release them. And I think we've seen that even in like spiritual communities. Um, I know I keep bringing it back to spirituality because that's where I exist in the online space at this time. But I feel like we see that. We see where there are like tarot card readers that will just like wipe their channels and suddenly they've been saved by God and that's like their new truth. And there's nothing wrong with this. That's their truth and they should be allowed to honor that if that's how they're feeling. You know, there's nothing wrong with that being their new truth. That's kind of my point though. Granted, that might be like a very dramatic example for some of y'all, but that's my point is that sometimes a truth is only a truth for a little while and it's it serves you in some way until it doesn't. Um, I mean, gosh, even me growing up in the Mormon church and really believing it for the first 19, 18, 19, almost 20 years, that served me as a child. I think in a lot of ways, being religious and choosing to stay religious actually kept me safer in my home environment. And when I finally felt safe enough to emerge and question, immediately I did because I moved out around 18 and that was really like the beginning of the end of my religious endeavors, right? And do I think that those original beliefs serve me? For sure. Do they not serve me anymore as a person? For sure. Like, that's what I'm saying. So first and foremost, I wanted to talk about that because I think sometimes it's very easy 
especially in the digital age. And this is actually something that, again, I think this could have been its own podcast episode because it it honestly almost frustrates me. And maybe we'll do one in the future. I actually would really love to bring a guest on the podcast when we do this because I can think of only one person and they probably already know who they are that um, I would want to bring in to talk about this topic because to me, there is so much more to unpack there. But for the sake of making this episode extremely long or not making it extremely long, I don't want to continue to focus on this one point. But I wanted to talk about it first because I think during the height of all of my own mental health stuff and feeling really bad about myself, I felt like I couldn't gravitate to anything true. I was like, I don't know who I am. I lost my sense of self. I lost my identity. I felt like there was nothing that I could say that I was like, oh, Chloe is this. Chloe does this. Chloe loves this. Um, This is Chloe's belief. And here's why my belief in that is strong. You know, I felt like I really lost all of that during that year long time period, it was probably a little less than a year because we've been climbing out for a while. But, um, you know, that was something that used to frustrate me. But now I'm in a much more balanced place with truth. And with what is true for me, I'm open to learning new things. And I'm open to discarding things that don't serve me anymore. And I'm open to basically creating that delicate balance of these are the things that are serving me right now. And obviously, like, again, getting into that, like, make sure we're not hurting anybody with our beliefs, we don't need to do that. But this is, you know, what is serving me right now. And here's what's not serving me. And let's let's look at those things. Why is something serving me? And why is something not serving me is, and I think it's also safe to say that, like, sometimes a belief might be serving you, but it's not serving you in a healthy way. And it's, you should observe that a little bit more. But Again, my point is that I'm in a much more comfortable place. So point number one, I am in a much more comfortable place with beliefs coming and going. And I don't need to cling to any one certain truth and hold on to it so tightly that I'm gripping. And it's okay to like ask myself what I believe in who I am and also, you know, let things come and go. We don't need to grip so hard. And on top of that, in that same kind of sector, I also started doing this thing because I felt like during the last year, I really lost my sense of self. And again, I don't know why nobody is talking about this in astrology. I guess it's just me that's going to talk about it because I haven't heard anybody else mention it. But Sagittarius risings, which I am, and Sagittarius placements in general, but risings in particular, we went through it in 2021 because we had the... Uh, south node crossing our rising. And this leads to identity crisis. This is like the big identity crisis moment and losing your sense of self. And so I knew it was coming before it happened, but I had no idea how vulnerable and raw that would feel. And even other Sagittarius placements that I know went through a very similar experience, not exactly like mine, but points where we had to question really big aspects of our life and if we were living in accordance with them or not. And if we weren't, huge change had to happen. And I think for some, it could have been easier than others. But that's something that I really had to work through was this like big identity crisis and losing my sense of self. And so what I had, what I've started doing recently, I don't remember where I heard this, but I thought it was so brilliant that I was like, I have to incorporate this into my life like today. And so I've started doing it. I keep a list on my phone 
of every time I'm really happy and I notice something that I love is happening. So right now my list is very short because this is something that's a new practice to me, but I think it's helped me. It's helping me to rebuild my sense of self. And that was why it was important for me. So, um, sense of self, I have three things on my list and these were like moments where I was so filled with joy. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I feeling? What am I eating? What is going on that is alluding to all of this joy. And so far I have, I love sushi. Sushi eludes supreme joy in me. I love sushi. I know that's a food item. Maybe for some of y'all food doesn't do it, but sushi is my jam. I could eat sushi all day, every day, never get tired of it. Uh, the second thing is also a food item. I love macarons. So like those little French cookies, not macaroons, not the coconut ones, macarons, the little like, they're made out of like almond flour and they have like a cream center. Oh, they're so good. Um, and then I also have, I love looking at houses because looking at architecture and looking around my town at homes, even though I'm not in a place where I'm ready to buy a home, I feel like just noticing what I love and don't love about different architecture structures makes me really happy. And that's something that I just really value. So all of those things so far are like helping me to rebuild my sense of self. And so every time that I sit down or I, I notice a huge feeling of joy, I'm recording that. And I do it in my phone because my phone's usually always with me and it makes it easy. And I feel like if you're really struggling to find happiness, joy, and like, to me, it's almost like training your mind to look for joy and look for happiness. Because I have heard it multiple times from multiple different sources, but happiness is a skill. It's not something, it's not a destination. We don't just arrive at happiness. It's a skill that you have to continue to like exercise basically. And so that is one way that I continue to find joy is I have literally a recorded list of things that bring me joy and, but like true joy when you feel it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The next thing is, and this one is so like, I don't know who got in my head during the height of my mental health breakdown, maybe it was me that got in my head, but somebody or me got really in my own head about like, basically just having nice things. And I don't mean like luxury items. I don't even mean like stuff like that. I mean, some of it, I guess, like some of my skincare products, I think you could consider luxury because they were not cheap, but somewhere Somebody got it in my head that I shouldn't be allowed to have luxury or like that is something that is so ridiculous or like I was basically feeling like shame for liking nice things or like purchasing things based off of an aesthetic. And this is something that past me loved to do. I'm somebody that like 
I'm a level seven susceptible. You can sell me on shit really easily. And I hate that about my personality sometimes. But especially when it comes to like very like Venetian styled energy, like that's what I consider like, how would I describe Venetian energy? It's me. I'm bitches. I'm a Taurus ruled or I'm not Taurus ruled. I'm technically Jupiter ruled, but I'm a Taurus sun. Like we just bring Venetian energy to the table. We bring queen energy to the table. (laughs) But I guess like if I could give you an example, it's like people. Okay, here we go. It's like people that make, this is actually very specific to my situation, but whatever. It's a good example. So people that make like drink TikToks, right? They have like all this fancy fucking barware and like all the cocktail mix-ins, all the different little ice cube makers. And there's always going to be that bitch that's going to shit on these accounts. Oh my gosh, you're so wasteful buying all of this drinkware, buying all of the ice cube trays. You're This is so ridiculous. Who has time to do all of that? It's like that energy living in my brain when I want to do something like aesthetically pleasing or nice for myself. There's like this goblin in my mind that's like, you don't need all of that. You're ridiculous. That's so over the top. Why do you need all of that? that. And granted, I do think that there is something to be said for like living more sustainably, being more eco-friendly, mad respect. And I do try to do my part where I can, you know, I, even when it comes to like, not that I need to make a case for myself right now, but like, if y'all watched my last vlog during Aries season, I did a grocery haul and I was so livid that they sent me home with so much plastic. I was like, there are so many like bags that were just unnecessary. And so like, don't get me wrong. I get the outrage about not being eco-friendly. Our planet is literally our home and we don't take care of it. But on the other hand, I also think if you can find even a shred of fucking serotonin when you're struggling let yourself have the serotonin, like let yourself have the dopamine. And so for me, this is very specific to my situation because I was just realizing today, I was today years old that I bought, and I'll link the cups down below if you want to see them. Um, I bought these cups. They're just like little, they're like clear glass. They look like they're about like beer can size. Like they look like a beer can, but they're clear glass. And then they have a bamboo top with a glass straw. And I have, in my defense, all of the reusable cups that I have aside from my one water cup, I've lost like all of the lids too. And so I kind of needed a replacement anyways, but I definitely bought a set of four of these literally for aesthetic purposes. I was like, yeah, I'm in my hot girl timeline, which we can talk about that another time, probably next month, because I see feel like that's more of like a, it's not very fall-esque of me, but I do want to talk to you about the hot girl timeline <laughs> another time. We'll get to it another time. But I was like, yeah, I'm in my hot girl timeline. Like I I need to buy these Q cups so I can go on my hot girl walk at the end of my day and take my iced matcha, my iced coffee, my Olipop, my fucking golden latte iced. I don't know, whatever the fuck I want to make at home. If you want to get technical, buying these technically is more sustainable than just using like plastic cups or stuff that isn't reusable. So I don't even think my purchase was that terrible. But did I need another cup in my house? 
no. I have literally a family-sized set of glass cups in my kitchen. Did I need more glass cups? No. Did I want them purely on an aesthetic thing because it made me happy? Yes. So that's what I mean. Like, it's stuff like that. Same with, like, I bought one of those, like, really voluminous... um it's like the one of those like silk robes that has all of the like fluff on the sleeves, very like old Hollywood glamour. I bought myself one of those because I just wanted it. Even though, yeah, is it excessive? Am I ever going to wear that anywhere but my house? Probably not. But that's what I mean. Like, I felt like that's something that I actually enjoy, like buying nice things for myself that literally serve little to no purpose, which I mean, drinking cups do kind of serve a purpose, but little to no purpose other than giving me a boost. And somewhere in my brain, like, I don't know if that's like old shit from like family. I don't know if that's like a friend thing. Because I don't feel like that voice in my head is mine. But I let this like live rent free in my head for months and was just like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Like, it's it's almost like I felt like ashamed. I felt ashamed to I think it's also because like the state of the world, everything's inflated and it's not like I'm not affected. I'm struggling too. Like my rent is sky high and now my grocery bill is sky high. Like it's not like I'm not having to pay attention to these things, but I feel like there's also a part of me that like, I know what it feels like to not know where rent is coming from, to get kicked out of a house because I couldn't afford it, to not be able to know where my next meal was coming from because I couldn't afford it. And now it's like, maybe that voice in my head is mine. But like now that I don't currently live in that state of being where I'm just concerned so much for my own safety, it's like my brain still thinks I'm there and is like, how can you spend money on something that isn't a direct necessity? How dare you not just focus on necessity? And I realized that it gives me literal joy and serotonin and dopamine. What is what is the difference between dopamine and serotonin? I know they are literally different things, but let's see. Dopamine and serotonin. I just want to know what the difference is. Um, dopamine is involved in movement, coordination, and a person's feelings of pleasure and reward. Serotonin is involved in emotions as well, but it also affects digestion and metabolism. Okay, so they're both good. So <laughs> I, I think I knew that, but I just wasn't sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like this gives me so much that it's, it's one of those things that like, I still feel guilty for making purchases, even though I can afford them, if that, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. And that's something that I've started letting myself have is just like buying things for the sake of they make me happy instead of do I need that thing? Do I have to challenge it so hard? And also um, on that same thread, I've started like asking myself who the version is of me that I desire to be the most and what would be in accordance with that. And I ask myself that question every time I go to purchase something. So even when it comes down to like a meal, is this meal something that serves the person I'm trying to become? Is this item, does it serve the person that I'm trying to become? And ultimately, if the answer is no, I don't 
buy it. Like even just a couple of days ago, for example, and trigger warning, I'm going to talk a little bit about like food food and like eating choices because that's something that I've been changing about my life recently. But I totally understand if you're somebody that like struggles, I myself struggle with eating disorders or have with different kinds throughout my life. So I totally understand and respect if you just want to like skip ahead a few minutes. But um, recently, I've really cut out a lot of processed junk from my diet because I just, I've really previously had been feeling like I was just leading a very like sedentary life and not feeling good about that for myself. And um, I was at the store and I was hungry. And I hate that we hate going to the store hungry, but I knew I was going to go home and make a meal that was going to nourish me really well. And um, we went down the chip aisle and everything in me wanted to buy a bag of chips because that's like a very, for me as somebody that struggles with emotional eating, um, chips are a trigger food. I definitely will. I can be triggered by chips very easily. And everything in me wanted to buy a bag and take it home. And I was like, no, does that honor the person I'm trying to become? No. Why don't we go and grab like carrot sticks or something from the vegetable aisle and we can go home, make our healthy meal and not starve. So that's like basically what I decided to do instead. So my example for that was that, or the reason I brought up that example specifically is that, you know, I feel like asking yourself does... Is what you're trying to is what you're doing right now honoring the person you're trying to become. Now, obviously, there are going to be some days that are going to be better than other days. Like you can't expect to like hit every single mark every single day. I don't think personally, but I think it's it's more about a consistency of most of the time on most of the days, if that makes sense. So for me, asking myself that question really helps me to stay in line with most of the time, most of the days. <laughs> and I'm gonna take a little coffee sip. Now on that same thread, I also wanted to mention that I've just started taking better care of myself. And this is why I said in the beginning, I am not trying to give you the end all be all for your mental health, because I think that mental health has a lot more to it. We can't all just meditate and pray it away, right? We can't, that's not, that's not going to be the right answer for every person. For some people that might be a godsend to be able to like meditate for hours a day and feel better. For other people, you're going to need medication to help you get back to a baseline, right? For other people, it's going to be speaking to mental health professionals. You know, there's so many different angles to address mental health and to take care of yourself. But the thing I wanted to mention for me, because I've also done, I would like to add to that, I've also done a lot of those things. Um, you know, I, I talked to a psychiatrist in the beginning. I talked to a therapist in the beginning. I met with actually a couple of therapists over the last year and also did a lot of my own like journaling shadow work. Like I've kind of met my mental health from every single aspect, at least that I know how to at this point. I would say I'm in a very like new developing stage of learning more and more about like somatic healing and somatic therapy, because that is an area that I think also would be very beneficial to me. But that's not what this episode's about. I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> My point is that I've started doing things that really honor the person that I want to be. And so kind of on that same thread of does this honor the person I want to be and who I want to become, I not only 
um, have I been working with somebody to, which more on that in the future, but I've been working with somebody to help like track my moods daily to track my, um, to track my, like, you know, am I following a morning routine? And, um, we still have yet to get in and do like goal setting, but we will be doing that soon. But also in my own time, not only taking that data, like having a tracking sheet and using this data that I've received and noticing how, when I do certain things, my mood actually improves. And when I don't do certain things, how it declines, that has been a total game changer. And, I don't know at this point in time, like I would love to be able to share more of that tracker with you or like share more about my experience in the future. And I think that that will, there will come a time for that eventually. But um, right now I'm still like learning a lot and discovering more about myself. So again, I'll share more on that stuff and about that in the future. But my point is that I've been gathering a lot of data about myself and using a tracking sheet to see how my mood is in the morning. How is my mood at night? Did I follow a morning routine? Am I drinking water? And how much am I getting outside for, you know, however many minutes a day? And how do I feel in correspondence to those things? And I've also taken it upon myself to track a few more things even beyond that. And um, with that, Something that I've noticed that has made a huge impact is I've started making working out part of my morning routine. And this is very new to me, so I don't want to speak on it like I've been doing it for months at a time. This is a new thing. Uh, mind you, during the height of my mental health crisis, I didn't really do a lot of moving. I didn't do a lot of, I was just in bed most of the time. Hi, Calcifer. Sorry, my cat. Uh, it's so hot, as I stated earlier in the a podcast that I can't be in my office with the door shut. It makes it too hot in here. So y'all are probably going to get a lot of cat visitors over the next, like, I don't even know how long. So be prepared for that. You might hear me talk to my cats or might uh, hear them meow in the background, especially if Meaty shows up. My gosh, he's my chatty Gemini baby. Um, But I digress. So I've started adding working out to my morning. And I am so grateful that during the pandemic, I made the executive decision to purchase an exercise bike because like, I'm first of all, I'm grateful that I even had the privilege to be able to do that. I will link the one that I use down below because I actually think it was like, if you want to invest in something, I feel like it was a good investment. Um, especially because even where I live now, it also rains so much that I don't always want to go outside and go on a quote unquote hot girl walk. Sometimes I just want to be at home, get on my bike for 30 minutes and be done. But I've started incorporating workouts to my morning routine, at least 30 minutes. Sometimes I'll do 45 to an hour if I'm really feeling it that day. But so far, just 30 minutes and that has been fantastic. I start my day on such a high, on such a high of like, you know, I make sure that I am taking care of my, which this isn't talked about enough. I feel like in the realm of mental health, oftentimes for me, when I don't feel good about myself, my hygiene will go out the window. So I just like won't brush my teeth and I just won't like, I'm not ashamed to admit this because I know it's more common than you could probably ever imagine. But I just like won't brush my teeth or I'll go longer and longer between days of showering or I will not wash my face or, you know, there are just like 
practices like that that will go out the window for me. And so I've also been prioritizing sticking to a morning routine that, you know, I, I brush my teeth, I put my under eye patches on that make me feel really glamorous. Um, that's on that, you know, buying nice things that make me happy. I put my under eye patches on, I make sure I'm um, eating breakfast in the morning or like after I work out at the very least, I make sure that I'm getting water in. I'm making sure that I'm limiting my consumption of caffeine. So I just feel like there's a lot of little things for myself that I have just started to shift and they're more in alignment with who I want to be moving forward. And I do want to say this. I do think when you're like in the slump, you're in the thick of it. It's very hard to commit to things like that. And I can very much empathize and resonate and understand what that feels like to just feel like you are so exhausted, so drained, so tired, so anxious, so depressed that it can be too difficult to even have the energy to expel, to create anything for yourself. And if you're in that boat right now, I just want to speak to you directly for a moment and remind you that it is... It is okay to wait until that time comes because it will. That is the one consistent in this universe is that everything always changes. And so I just want to like really honor you in this moment and realize that things, please, please know if this is you and you are struggling and you don't feel like you have the space to commit to yourself in that way or commit to a new practice in that way. Just know that change will eventually happen. There will come a time where you will feel ready to embark on that. You will feel ready to make changes to your life that honor you. And right now is the time where maybe that needs to be dormant. And again, I know what it feels like. I know what that feels like to feel like you just want to be in bed all day, every day, doing nothing else, seeing no one else, speaking to no one else, and just like in your feelings or feeling nothing, right? I know exactly what that feels like. And it's more important that you listen to those feelings and make the space for them than trying to force yourself into something that feels ridiculously uncomfortable. Because something else that I've noticed in that realm is that when I'm holding a lot of resistance to something, it's either one of two ways. It's either going one of two ways. It's either I need to let myself be in that resistance and don't move forward until I can get my whole self on board, which that often is the thing that people don't want to do. You don't want to let yourself sit in the resistance and wait until all of you is on board with it. Um, and, you know, that really brings in like parts work and active imagination can be great practices to help with that, help facilitate getting all parts of you on board. But also, um, it's it's so valuable to uncover maybe like very deep shadow work on why not all of you feels in alignment with moving forward in some way. So, again, just know that if you don't feel like you're in a place where you're ready to do that, this is like a safe space for that. You're more than welcome to take all of your time. Like if you just needed somebody to give you permission to not be on like your hustle, grind, daily this, daily that, like this is your permission slip. Chloe Taylor said it right here. This is your permission slip to be with yourself, be with yourself, let yourself feel through what you're going through. And I promise you, not everybody has it all figured out all the time. And it's okay to not have it all figured out all the time and to let yourself just be because that's clearly what yourself is craving. And 
if I can give you anything from that time period of my life to where I am now, I did have to do that. I did have to take a step back. I did have to, you know, not upload as frequently. There were time periods during the last year where I would upload like twice in a whole month. And of course, I felt guilty about that. But I had to, I had to, I took breaks from the podcast because I had to, you know, my mental health and that, that at the end of the day was the thing I always reminded myself is like, I, for my mental health, I have to take these breaks. Like if I continue to push forward and I'm in this much resistance and this much overwhelm, I'm just going to end up like it's, it's too expensive mentally to drain myself to continue to push against this resistance instead of just falling back for a little bit and letting myself, my whole self catch up. And then on the far other end of the spectrum, I feel like sometimes resistance can be a very positive thing where resistance can also show you where your mind does not want to bend. And for example, this gets into like, maybe you're wanting to make like a new habit shift for yourself, but you're constantly being met with this resistance on why you can't do it, why you should give up, even though maybe you've already shown like days or weeks or months of continuous behavior of putting this new habit in place. Resistance can often be the telltale sign that you're actually doing something right and your ego and your brain is trying to fight the new change. Because That is one thing we do know about our brains is they are always here trying to keep us safe. And this new territory can feel very dangerous to your brain. Like you have such a pathway of doing things one way, a neural pathway of doing things one way, that it can feel very scary to go in a different direction. And your brain will literally try to pull back and keep you safe on purpose. And you ultimately will think it's something wrong with you or a failed attempt with you. And ultimately it's just you pushing beyond your comfort zone. And we've talked about this before, um, with comfort zones. I know I've mentioned it, I think in a couple of pick a cards, I've seen it on TikTok. One of my friends brought it up with me where you're not really trying to go so beyond your comfort zone all the time that you feel like you're in a dangerous position. You're really trying to find safe uncomfortability. That's where the growth really happens. And there's great visuals on this. Unfortunately, because this is audio only, I can't give you a visual for it. But um, actually, I guess I probably can. Um, if I wanted to like put it on Instagram, I technically could, but I'm sure they also already exist. It's like, you think about your comfort zone, like three rings, the inner ring is your comfort zone. The second ring is safe uncomfortability. And then the outer zone is dangerous uncomfortability. And you don't want to push yourself into a dangerous category. You want to put yourself in comfortable You want to be comfortable. And this is actually something that as I have made all of these shifts and changes in my life and I'm feeling so much better about my myself, um, I've realized is very important to notice. Like I remember, I'm not going to lie to (laughs) y'all, my first thought when I started making these changes and like adding workouts to my daily life and cutting down on the caffeine consumption and I've been like meal planning and prepping and stuff like that. Um, when I first started to do that, my first thought was a very unhealthy thought. And it was like, oh, I should work out for like two hours a day, every day. You know, that was like past versions of me coming out, trying to basically force myself to overcompensate for shame I was feeling around my body. And that would have put me in a dangerous, uncomfortable space. 
And I think like day one, I definitely had a little bit of that vibe going on. But within like a day and a half, I was like, no, no, we don't need to be committing to two hours at a time. That is ridiculous. You can do a 30 minute workout in the morning. And then if you really want to like try to get some steps in throughout your day, you don't need to go overboard, but just do a little hot girl walk. You know, hot girl walks are all the rage right now. Do a little hot girl walk or just do the exercise or just do the hot girl walk. It doesn't have to be two fucking hours a day. That's ridiculous. And that's what I mean when I say like comfort zone going beyond it. So at first that might've been something that past me felt comfortable doing, but it would put me in a dangerous position because I am disabled and that actually hurts me to move that much over time. At least while I'm still building muscle strength and learning what my body can do, which I know that might sound crazy, but at 31 years old, I'm still learning as a disabled person, what my body can actually do and what it can't do. And Um, that's, you know, me working in the confinements of that understanding that some days, some days I might wake up and I'm going to ride my, my indoor bike for an hour. Right. And that's going to be amazing. And I'm going to do like a partial hot girl walk and I'm going to feel so good, but there's going to be other days where I'm going to get on that bike for 30 minutes and I'm also going to feel amazing. And that's going to be my thing for that day. I'm not going to go on a walk at all. So I feel like with that, I'm really also understanding what my like comfort zone is, but where the growth point in that comfort zone is. And that's something that I feel like has really contributed to my happiness. I know we're focusing a lot on like eating, working out that kind of thing, because that's something that I feel very invested in right now is my own personal health. And I do want to say like, this isn't like my own body issues are my own body issues. I'm not trying to say that I am a beacon of health or that I am the beacon of body positivity or anything like that. This is just one girl that is not feeling comfortable in her body, trying to make changes for herself, not to fit some kind of pant size or body mold. I literally keep saying that I'm in my own hot girl timeline. Like I have jumped timelines and we're in the hot girl timeline now. (laughs) I'm going to have to do an episode on the hot girl timeline because I feel like it's, it's too good. It's too juicy to not share it. But my point to sharing the different habits and things is mainly just to say that, like, if I had tried to get myself to do this a year ago, no way. Absolutely not. I was way too hypervigilant, freaked out, mentally unwell. There is no way I could have put myself in this kind of position to make changes in my life that I actually felt like were adding and contributing to my happiness and my joy. I just wasn't in a place to take in that much extra stimuli as well. And now I feel like I'm in a place where I can afford that. I can afford the extra work. I feel good putting in extra to myself. It feels safe to do it. And it just feels good. It feels correct. And I don't know if that's like a summertime mood as well. It could be. It could be a summertime vibe, even though we're doing fall in July. And lastly, I just want to focus on really creating what that idealized version of yourself looks like. If you're in a place where you feel like you're ready to commit to that, because I do feel like probably like the number one thing, and I think it might surprise some people (laughs) that I could say in trying to become a version of yourself. I also feel like this last thing could probably be its own episode at some point too, but to keep it a little bit more brief, I do feel like, When it comes to becoming your idealized version of self, I know a lot of people say it, 
but I don't think enough people actually talk about the behind the work on that and why it's a thing. But you really do have to actually fall in love with the journey. It's not about the destination. And I can speak on this for hours because I went through experiences that really flipped this for me. Like, I used to be somebody that was super into manifestation and controlling outcomes and wanting to like make something happen in my life. And a lot of those things I materialized from a state where I was in survival or wasn't happy with my situation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's valid to do those things. I mean, obviously, it got me very far. It put me in a totally new paradigm in my life where I'm doing so many different things because of what I created during those time periods. But I also know what it feels like to actualize all of your dreams and to feel absolutely like shit once you get there. And basically, because I didn't fall in love with the journey, I hustled really hard. And then I got to the destination, celebrated it for two minutes, and then was depressed as fuck because I had nothing else to look forward to. And I don't think enough people talk about that in the realm of manifestation and like becoming like your dream idealized version of self. It's actually more important when you are calling in. I put this in the category with calling more joy into your life because it's way more important to fall in love with the day-to-day -day tasks that are bringing the joy into your life than it is to think at the end of climbing this mountain I'm suddenly going to feel the peak and the beacon of joy. And now everything's going to be fine. No more self-work is going to need to do. I'm just, this is just going to be it. This is going to be the crowning jewel moment of my life. Because I promise you, you're going to hit the peak of that mountain and you are going to celebrate it for five minutes and then feel absolutely miserable because now you'll have nothing else to look forward to. And life is a literal ever unfolding chain of events. So the more that you can actually create a day-to-day -day life that you enjoy when you're ready to do it, that is what is actually going to bring that joyful happiness in, is by creating routines, rhythms, things that make you feel good, just existing. And this also very much falls in line with like my whole hot take. If y'all have been here on the podcast for a real long time, you've heard me talk about this, probably even on Twin Flames podcast, I've talked about it. Um, it makes me crazy that people will dedicate their whole life saving for retirement so that they can paint pictures on the beach all day or whatever it is that you want to do at the end of your like lifespan. When in reality, you should be enjoying the a the entire journey there as much as humanly possible, because once you get there, that might again, that might it, the expectation that you're putting on the fact that this is going to be like your peak. It can actually make you completely miserable. So just it's hard to explain if you've never experienced that, if you've never experienced like wanting something very badly, receiving it and then seeing what happens. It's hard to express it unless you've been there. But this is like the same shit that I'm talking about is like even in the creative field, when you really, 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 really want viewership on something that you've made and then suddenly you get it. And then you realize that all of that external validation was never going to va like validate what the way that you thought it would, or all of that extra attention doesn't give you what you thought it would. It's kind of a similar vibe. You want it and want it and want it. And then when it happens, you're like, oh shit, I finally got it. And it didn't do anything like I thought it would. Similar vibes. Um, 
except we're talking about like a lifespan of things now. And I guess if I could give you like a parting word with this without making it an entire podcast in and of itself, which maybe I will in the future, because I feel like this is a topic that is so not spoken on. Just ask yourself what today you could do to bring joy. I know it sounds stupid because it's, I feel like it's the shit that like fortune cookies have been giving us our entire life. And it's, it's like the quotes that we see on Pinterest. That's like, you know, it's very, it's almost so small. It seems fake, (laughs) but I feel like when you have seen some shit in your life, you get to a point where you realize the little things are the big things. And the big things actually don't matter that much. And creating a life where joy is a skill, not a destination, and you're practicing it daily. That's when your life's going to start to shift. That's when joy comes into your life more is when you actually commit to how can I bring it in? And it doesn't mean that it has to be the same routine every single day. Maybe you're somebody that hates routines. It can just be what is something that's going to bring me joy today. And if you don't know what that is, you're in a position where now you get to find out. And again, we covered the earlier topics in the podcast because I don't want to make it seem like, oh, just decide to bring joy into your life and that's how your mental health is going to improve. No, I actually think there is so much more nuance. It's a much bigger journey. And I could sit and talk about this topic for hours on end because it's something that's very close and near and dear to my heart because of what I experienced. But that's like my challenge to you today is what is something that is going to just bring you joy for the sake of joy today? Is it, I mean, I'll list you some things of my own. Um, Is it buying the bougie glass cups on Amazon? (laughs) Okay. Is it buying the cups that make you feel good? Is it going on a quote unquote hot girl walk? Is it Making a certain meal for yourself for dinner that you really love, that brings you joy to have it. Is it um, sitting down and getting into a book and cuddling with your cat? Is it going outside and just being with the wind through the trees for a little while? You know, it's, it really is those little things that are the big things. And the more that you can stop listening to what other people tell you, is going to bring you happiness and listen to yourself, finding your own truth, being with the truths that you carry for now until they don't serve you anymore. And then maybe your truths have to shift. You know, you can't, you can't know what you don't know. So I think that's another thing to add to the original point on truths. You can't know what you don't know. And sometimes truths come throughout life. And I think that's what keeps life so interesting. That's what keeps life so like, that's what keeps me optimistic. You know, I've mentioned to y'all before that sometimes I deal with existential thinking and it's things like that, that keep me intrigued that like, gosh, what are they going to come out with in science while I'm alive? What do you think that we're going to find like the cure for cancer? Is it, you know, what if like we discover a new kind of tree? What if we actually start communicating with aliens? What if like, there's so many what ifs that they just, it keeps me going. And I feel like even when it comes down to creating the joy, joyful moments in your own life, maybe you got to start asking yourself more what ifs. What if I actually did decide to do this thing for myself today? How would that feel? And actually, one more thing I do want to say, because I think that there's definitely, and this is something that I've dealt with before too, so I want to speak on it, is 
sometimes you're going to show up to those happiness practices, shall we say, and you're going to feel totally out of place, totally anxious about it, and it's not going to necessarily feel the best. And that is because, as the queen herself, Brianna Weist, would say, you haven't allowed yourself to live in enough heavenly states to know that this is a good thing. And that's something that I've also had to remind myself in my own like recovery process is that sometimes your body and your mind aren't used to something just being good because you've experienced so many things that don't feel very good. And sometimes getting into those good things that make you feel happy or make you feel good, you have to also adjust to them. And it does feel good to feel good. And you can come to a place where it feels good to feel good. And when you feel good, it doesn't bring this initial feel of being scared. And again, I I also know what that feels like. You know, how many of us say that when something good happens, oh, no, now the other shoe's going to drop or we think we don't deserve it. A lot of us live in that kind of scared mindset. And so I know that mindset very well. You know, I think that also comes from like unpredictable households growing up. But if you can hear my cat, I'm really sorry. It's my my meaty boy. He's a he's my chatty Gemini. He crying. Um, oh, he's here. Hi. Do you want to tell everybody bye? I think we're going to close this episode out. I hope you can hear him. I hope this gets into the audio. Meanies. Do you want to tell everybody bye? Anywho, I feel like I'm getting like so off topic now because we're just going on a deep dive and this podcast episode's actually kind of long for me. I don't feel like I do a ton of hour long episodes, but thank you so much for tuning in from me and my wonderful cat, Archimedes. Meanies. Come here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope that you do something today that brings you joy. And even if it doesn't feel like joy initially, and you know, it's something that traditionally would bring you joy, just give it a little bit more time. Let yourself exist in the heavenly state of joy and keep bringing that heavenly state of joy in, right? Keep letting yourself exist in heavenly states because you do deserve it. And also, if you feel like you are struggling to push past those blocks, I wouldn't even call it a block because I think a block insinuates that you're stuck. But if you struggle to push past those things, I would always recommend speaking to a provider if you can. You know, I cannot recommend therapy enough if you have the ability to access. Cannot recommend it enough. I think even if you feel good about life and healthy, it's not like we need to normalize speaking to therapists even when we feel good. It doesn't have to be you feel bad all the time. But In any case, I hope y'all are having a fantastic start to fall in July, and uh, I will speak to all of you next Tuesday. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I'm actually getting into plantent conning. Plantent conning? Wow. Content planning. (laughs) Just today for fall in July. So um, I love you all so much, pumpkins. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And uh, also, if y'all could just do me like a small solid, if you're listening this late in the episode and you haven't done this, can you rate my podcast for me? Um, I know that's asking a lot, but even if you just rate it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, I think you can use the rating system on both. It actually really helps my podcast to get seen more, and it allows me to keep making the podcast. And like, I know 
it, that's asking a lot you to take some like time out to do that. But if you could just rate the podcast, it really does help me out if you interact with it. So please, please, please consider if you haven't done so already, leave me a little rating and uh, help spread the word on the podcast because I love what we make here. And I love you so much, Pumpkin. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Do something that brings you joy. <laughs>